This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. Joe Biden hasn't done a great job making good on his campaign promise to liberalize immigration. So what's he done right? Cato's David Beer examines immigration policy in recent years in a new Cato paper we spoke earlier this month. Let's try to start on a positive note, Dave. What do you say? I know you don't get a lot of those positive notes when we're talking about immigration policy over the last decade or so in the United States. Mm-hmm. Things have been pretty pretty much down and bad. But what has Joe Biden done well with respect to making for a more coherent, rational, and welcoming immigration system in the United States? I would say from my perspective that uh, 2022 is a much better year for Joe Biden on immigration than 2021. 2021 was basically, in my opinion, a wasted year for the administration. You pretty much couldn't tell the difference between his administration and the prior one in that year. This year, we've seen uh, the consulates uh, start reopening all around the world processing visas for the first time since the pandemic. A majority of them this time last year were still closed uh, or in emergency-only status. As a result of the consulate's opening, of course, many more visas are being issued. Uh, We're about 90% of the level of uh, the pre-pandemic level for temporary visitors and temporary work visas are even higher than that. And then if you look at permanent residents coming from abroad, mainly family-sponsored visas, we're actually above the pre-pandemic level now, uh, where they're issuing more visas on a monthly basis than uh, what we were seeing uh, in 2019. So a lot of the things in terms of processing uh, that went way down during the pandemic are back up. That doesn't mean there aren't still huge backlogs. And so when people are applying, what they see is, well, the wait time is so much worse under Biden and it's so much worse now in 2022. And that's still true. Uh, But the number that are going out the door, uh, the number of issuance going out the door has gone way up and uh, from where it was. And so that's uh, a very positive um, change. The other things that that really, you know, the administration deserves credit for is in 2022, we saw the Ukraine invasion, the the Russian invasion of Ukraine. His response to that was, we're going to create a streamlined, electronic, online-based sponsorship program for Ukrainians where they could come over um, with uh, temporary legal status here in the United States if any U.S. person signs up to sponsor them. And that program has it really exploded. We're over 100,000 authorizations to travel to the United States for Ukrainians. Uh, this is really unprecedented to have an uncapped program like this for uh, a very significant refugee population. And then we've seen expansions uh, on that idea. We're starting to let more uh, people in legally from Venezuela earlier this month, uh, or, or last month rather, the administration announced a program. Uh, for them along similar lines uh, as the one for Ukraine. And then at at, at ports of entry um, along the southwest border, we've seen this time last year, we were just off a huge episode of of Haitians, uh, migrants trapped in a refugee camp at the border along 
the Rio Grande, and it was a public relations nightmare for the administration and obviously humanitarian catastrophe uh, for the people stuck in that camp. Now they're letting Haitians into the into the United States legally, very large numbers, and it's um, uh, not, f- basically flipped the flow from 99.9% illegal uh, immigration by Haitians to now 99.9% legally coming into this country, just using the authority in the law that says that you can allow people to apply for asylum. At a port, at a port of entry um, on the U.S.-Mexico border, and that change has been uh, really phenomenal uh, from the administration. Of course, they're not doing it for everyone. They're, you know, it's very targeted, and so we're still seeing so many people cross the border illegally. That's obviously a down point uh, for the administration. But just across the board, I would say this administration is finally sort of embracing its role as we're going to be the pro-immigration administration. We're not going to be able to hide behind it. We're not going to be able to pretend that that's not what we are or that we can somehow make people believe we're tough like uh, Trump or whatever and get kudos from Republicans for for cracking down. He He's kind of largely said, no, we're going to go our own way, have our own policies, try to figure uh, out a way to deal with this that isn't uh, the same as the Trump administration approach. And we've seen some very important policies change as a result of that. Uh, he's this year he announced that uh, he's going to use the discretion that the the Congress has given them to double the H two B guest worker program uh, visa cap and allow another sixty four thousand guest workers, mainly from Mexico, to enter the country legally. And this is a really positive sign. I mean, labor unions were (laughs) trying to get him not to do this very thing. And he went along and did it anyway, in large part because the Mexican government said, if you want our cooperation on immigration issues, you better start letting our people cross into the United States legally. And he went along with it. Uh, He went, you know, to his credit, he he gave them what they wanted. And uh, a lot more people are going to be able to enter this uh, country and and fill some open roles um, in non-seasonal, non-agricultural jobs uh, for the first time since the pandemic. Looking at the backlog here and getting a better understanding of that, um, we saw a fairly dramatic increase during the last year of the Obama administration in the U.S. CIS, U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services uh, backlog for applications, and you'll give us a sense of what those applications are. Then a relative flatlining during most of the Trump years. And then when the pandemic hit and through the uh, first two years of the Biden administration, we saw another dramatic increase in the backlog. So, uh, you know, who are these people and what are they trying to get? Well, they, there's a wide range of benefits that U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services is responsible for adjudicating applications for. This includes employment authorization documents, travel authorization uh, to travel while an applica- a different application is pending, um, basically when another application is stuck in a backlog. Uh, the main requests are request to sponsor uh, either an employee or a family member for permanent residence or uh, uh, some kind of temporary status. 
And so it's a it's a broad swath. Uh, citizenship applications also are, are obviously adjudicated by this agency. So many of these applications um, are being filed with paper only filings. And, and that's the most important reason why there's such slow adjudications at this agency is that they are adjudicating on the employment-based side, you'll have applications that are a thousand pages, physical pages being submitted uh, through the post office. And they, someone has to go through each one of those pages uh, physically, turn the page and see what's inside and, it, and decide the benefit after going through that. And that is a very labor-intensive exercise, and it's not something that can be done quickly. And even for the the you know easier applications, again, this the fact that it has to go in, go to the post office, get routed to a drop yeah a location where there's a mail room and someone's tearing open this application, they're sorting it, they're scanning it into a machine, they're getting it to someone who can look at it. They have to you know, go through each one of the pages in order to see what's in there and then issue a, an approval or a decision. And if something's missing, there's no easy way, you know, you can't, no one's getting an email saying, hey, you're missing this one thing, or I don't, I don't see it in here or something like that. They are physically being mailed a letter saying, please mail in this missing piece of information. They mail in that piece of information and then, you know, there's an outcome on their, their application. And it's, you know, this is an incredibly time-consuming and bureaucratic process that could be made much easier if we had electronic filing uh, for the agency. And of course, there are many other agency policies beyond just this electronic filing that are behind this, uh, you know, the refusal to issue work authorization without, uh, um, adjudicating an application specifically saying, okay, analyzing this, you know, question of whether you're eligible to work. Employers can do this and do do this on an everyday basis. They look at your materials, decide whether you're eligible to work or not. And if you're eligible to work, you can work for that employer. There, there's no reason to make people apply for employment authorization to the agency. And that's a 1.5 million applicant backlog and a very significant part uh, of the the adjudication backlog there. So um, there are many policies as well as procedures that are driving this incredibly inefficient agency. As we're seeing higher than expected wage growth during a time of historically very low unemployment in the United States. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, the agency is working across purposes um, with uh, every other economic policy of trying to um, ultimately lower the inflation rate, try to get uh, more production um, out of U.S. companies. Uh, this agency is working against that by delaying applications and preventing people from working. David Beer is Associate Director of Immigration Studies at the Cato Institute. It is that time of year when I request that you, yes, you, become a Cato podcast sponsor. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor to get started. 